I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 520 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, we are back in the octagon today with a fighter and a first class father joining me from the other side of the planet. Dan, the hangman hooker, joins me on the podcast. Dan is joining me from his home in New Zealand. He is currently ranked number eight in the lightweight division of the UFC. He is also a professional kickboxer who made his MMA debut back in 2009, fighting primarily in New Zealand in his hometown there before joining the UFC back in 2014. And let me tell you guys something right now. I am smiling and laughing throughout this entire interview. If you watch it on YouTube, you'll see exactly what I mean. Uh, Dan has such a tremendous, positive, uplifting, happy-go-lucky attitude, I would call it, uh, that really makes him fun to talk to. At one point, I was having so much fun talking to him. we got to stop and remember that this guy is a savage in the octagon. It's hard to believe. He's got a dynamic personality, but they do not call him the hangman for nothing. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Dan Hooker will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And as I mentioned there, today's interview was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the UFC fighter and myself, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you guys enjoyed today's interview with Dan, the Hangman Hooker, you got to go back and check out so many of the other interviews I've done with dads of the UFC, including the UFC president himself, Dana White, UFC fighters Dustin Poirier, Jan Bohovic, Michael Chandler, Tito Ortiz, Leon Edwards, and so many others. Go check them all out. They're available for you to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. Make sure you guys are following me over there on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. And as always, please help me share the podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Dan, the hangman hooker. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, my pillow has got so much more to offer than just the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. But don't just take my word for it. Here's my wife to tell you her favorite product from MyPillow. Honey, what is it? Well, I love all the MyPillow products, from the robe to the towels. But my absolute favorite, hands-down product, is the MyPillow mattress topper on our king-size bed. I have the best sleep since owning that topper. It's like sleeping at a spa resort, and I can't wait to sleep on it tonight. And I look forward to seeing you there tonight. And let me tell you something right now, guys. Happy wife, happy life. And this mattress topper has been a game changer for me. That's a guarantee. And speaking of guarantees, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. So what are you waiting for? First Class Fatherhood listeners can now save up to 66% off. That's right, up to 66% off your order using my promo code FATHERHOOD. Visit MyPillow.com and use the promo code FATHERHOOD to save up to 66% off or use the 800 number. That's 1-800-875-0219, 1-800-875-0219, and your savings will be applied instantly. Visit MyPillow.com, use the promo code FATHERHOOD, and save up to 66% off your order at MyPillow. Joining me now, First Class Father, Dan Hooker. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Oh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, excited to be on the show. All right, well, let's uh, start it here. Uh, how many kids do you have? How old are they? 
Uh, I just have the one. I have the one daughter. Uh, her name's Zoe, and she's uh, three in November. So it's coming up, coming up third birthday very soon. Yeah, wow, very cool. You guys going for uh, any more? Or you're one and done here. Oh, definitely more, definitely more. Uh, just as they come, really. Not, 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 not in too much of a rush um, <laughs> to get them to get them out. I'm in, I'm in for the long haul. <laughs> if you know what but, I mean. Yeah, I understand. I got four myself. It all starts with one, though. So, uh, if you could, <laughs> if you could, Dan, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Uh, so I'm a fighter in the UFC. I'm an athlete in the UFC. I've been in the UFC since, uh, 2014. So coming up, uh, seven, seven, eight years fighting professionally in the UFC. Um, and I'm currently ranked, uh, in the, in the top 10 of the lightweight division. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Now, so you said three years old, your daughter. So about how old were you then when you became a dad and how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, definitely, definitely changed my perspective. I would have been, um, yeah, I was, I was, I was quite mature when I had my daughter. You know, they had things um, pretty, pretty well set up. You know, me and my wife were, we were married. We were back in New Zealand. We were, um, I just bought my first property, so uh, I think I, I think I ticked all the boxes off, <laughs> if uh, if you could say that. But yeah, I would have been uh, 28, and my wife was um, 25. Yeah, really cool stuff. And what are the, what would you consider to be uh, some of the top values that you're hoping to instill in your daughter growing up? Ah, the top values. Um, to to just chase whatever she's passionate about. It's it's like very hard for me, you know, um, from the path I've chosen and, and the career that I've taken to really push her into something she doesn't like <laughs> it'll be very difficult for me to be like you gotta go to university and be an accountant or you gotta be a doctor or you gotta be a lawyer come on you need a good job you need you need a steady income it'll be very difficult for me because i've from a very early age knew that what i wanted to do was to be a professional fighter to be a professional athlete and i pursued that relentlessly until i was successful you know that spent Many years being um, very poor, <laughs> living paycheck to paycheck. I was, um, you know, a doorman at nightclubs. I was a bouncer at nightclubs and things like this um, to stay afloat and keep chasing my dream of being a fighter. So, yeah, just to chase what she's passionate about, to find to find what you love and, and to, to focus on that and do that because I, I truly feel like I haven't worked um a day in the last 10 years which is something that uh a lot of other people um don't have the luxury of yeah very well said and so what was your support system like dan for you getting involved what was the genesis of your um, mma career or your fighting career what kind of support system did you have uh from your family were they supportive of you early on or not until things took off um they're your parents, so so I, you know, I grew up with my, my mother and father. They they're your parents, so they obviously don't want to see you out there getting um, beaten up in cages. Like that's not that's not high on their priority list. Um, but I guess they very early on they saw how much effort I was putting into it, how much um, dedication I had to it. It's not like I was like, oh, hey, mum and dad, I'm going to be a professional fighter, and then I was out there. Um, 
eating McDonald's every day and uh, partying with my friends on the weekend. Like it, it wasn't like that. I, I, they could see how dedicated I was. You know, I trained every single day. I go from my eight hour, eight hour job. Then I'd go to the gym. Then I'd go to another gym and then I'd get home at, at nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. I'd stay home on the weekends. Um, I'd eat very clean. I'd eat healthy. So once they saw how much dedication I was applying to, to my art, to my craft, they saw how seriously I was taking it. Um, that made it a lot easier for them to support it. I'd say my mother caught, caught the bug a lot earlier than my father. I think my father, once the financial side of things started taking <laughs> off, that's when he, you know, I come home with my first big check and he's like, yeah, well, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, when you cut that down, you're still working minimum wage. And I was like, oh, well, looks like I'm going to have to keep, keep, keep pushing and, uh, and keep being, trying to be more successful. Yeah. Uh, now, how about as far as did becoming a father kind of put any, did it change, not change you as a fighter, I guess, but has it made you, um, rethink about how long you'll consider staying in the game now, uh, since you became a dad? Um, like your motivation definitely changes. Um, Everything, everything's for her. You know, everything's for my daughter. Everything's for for her and her, her future. Like everything moving forward. So I'll, I'll, I, I will fight as long as I can see that it's gonna um, positively impact her life. As long as, as long as fighting will, will make her life better, I will continue to pursue it and I will continue to chase it. Um, you know, I wanna. Obviously, you don't wanna. You don't wanna. Um, affect your health to the point where you're not going to be able to see your children grow up. So that's, um, as long as it's, it's positively affecting her long-term, um, life and future, I will continue to chase it. Yeah. I would imagine that's gotta be difficult. Dan. I would imagine it's a lot, not easier, but I, uh, it makes more sense. Like when you're the young, the single guy and you, you're kind of free and loose and you, you could take those risks and stuff like that, but it's gotta be a different, difficult shift. I would imagine for all fighters, um, you know, even watching like the Rocky Balboa is like the worst thing that Mickey says, worst thing that can happen is you get civilized. You know, um, it, it, it's got to be <laughs> different. There's got to be a, a different change. To it. I know I've had Dana White on the podcast here. I asked him about that uh, with fighters and having kids and having families. So uh, I would imagine that's got to be difficult for you guys to do. And what what about for you? What What about for the parents that are out there? whose kids are interested in, like you were, in MMA or a UFC type of career, what kind of advice or what age would you recommend uh, parents to have their kids actually start taking it seriously? Oh, it's the, you know, the, the sport has definitely changed from when I started. I started as uh, – I walked in the gym as an 18-year-old, so I was very lucky to, to find it at that age. I feel like that's a, that's a good age to begin because I feel like – it was my decision and I was an adult. I do see it. Um, a lot of, you know, parents pushing their kids into it a bit too much, but fighting, I feel like is a bit of a different sport. Like if you're, if you're let your child nag you to take them, you know, like I feel like that's a, that's the difference with fighting because when it comes down to it, when it comes down to touching gloves with someone uh, and, and getting after it with and competing, um, you, that can't be anyone else's decision. That has to be 100, 100% on your decision. So I feel like if your kid is nagging you, oh, take me to the gym and they got too much energy, then I feel like it's a, it's the, the perfect time. But fighting is not a sport that you can, you can push a child towards. It's a, it's a, it's a very difficult road. So I wouldn't, um, yeah, 
my my daughter's gonna play tennis. Let's just put it that way. She ain't gonna be she ain't gonna be doing no uh no boxing or kickboxing or fighting. I'm gonna push her towards push her towards tennis. I don't think I could watch it. I think if she jumped in a cage with another little girl, I'd have to scale the cage and and, <laughs> <laughs> and jump in a protector. I don't think I could. I don't think I could stand to watch that as a father. Well, hopefully you got a while before that'll even happen or be, uh, you know, a, <laughs> uh, a thought. But bringing it back into your daughter here, what, what does your bedtime routine look like? Three years old, are you a storyteller or a lullaby guy? How, do you, how does the bedtime routine look, go down in your house? Oh, well, I'm in training camp at the moment, so I think I fall asleep um, <laughs> even earlier than she does. So I think, I think once I go to sleep and then my wife kind of points over at me and go, oh, look, daddy's, daddy's gone to sleep. Then she'll decide to, to, to um, come to sleep. So I think it's, it's monkey see, monkey do at the moment. She sees me uh, out for the count and she, she knows it's bedtime and, and follows suit. So we're getting, we're getting to bed nice and early. Yeah, and I know they had that kind of uh, iconic picture last year of you with your daughter when you had to come home and you had a quarantine because of the pandemic. What was it like for you and how has it been for your daughter during this entire? I mean, my, my kids, some of my kids are old. My oldest is 15. Your, young, your only child is, is three. I know, I know this is having a, a huge impact on the kids across the world here with this thing. How has your daughter kind of reacted? What's been your experience throughout the pandemic as a dad? Yeah, well, that's uh, that was the second quarantine I did. So it was, I would say, it was a lot easier the first time. I think my daughter was maybe one and a half, so she she uh, you know knew I was gone, but um, she was like very easy to console, like oh, daddy will be home soon, daddy will be home soon, and didn't really understand the situation. But um, yeah, that last that last fight was difficult. As she's getting older, she starts understanding more and starts asking, you know, well, when is he going to be home? And they would come and they were able to come and visit me, but you know it's it's so far away, and your your daughter just can't understand why there's these fences in the way, why daddy's got to wear a mask, why <laughs> she can't, she's trying to crawl under the fence and come and uh, come and see me, and you're just like, oh man, that 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 last one just it's a uh, it's a killer. That's that that was like the most difficult part, um, just having them be that close to you. But still, still so far away. And what what kind of reaction does she have? Like when you come home and you, and you, and you are banged up or bruised up about the face? Like does she have any kind of? Does she get a little scared of it? Is she used to it now? What's kind of her reaction when you come home from the fights? Oh, it's lucky that I heal pretty quick. So it's uh, <laughs> and I think that's the the benefit of being in quarantine is that by the time I get out, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> much. Um, I'm pretty much good as new. All the stitches are closed up and the black eyes are, have faded and gone away. Um, but yeah, she knows, she definitely knows what I do. But in, in terms of her being trying to copy it or, or anything like this, nothing like that. She knows daddy goes to the gym. She knows daddy goes to fights. Um, she knows daddy does punching. Um, but yeah, I've never seen her try to emulate it that much or she's got boxing gloves which she chucks on every now and then but uh <laughs> she's definitely not um she's definitely not as aggressive as her father is there a certain age that you'd want her to be or would you ever consider bringing her to one of your fights to watch live is there a certain age you think that would be okay for you to do uh she has come so i was um co-man event is sixty thousand people in uh melbourne a couple of years ago 
and she was there. And also I was the, the main event on uh, UFC Auckland, which is our, our hometown. And I was lucky enough to have, um, you know, my wife, my daughter, my family there, their cage side at that event. So, yeah, she has she has been able to see it uh, live, which is, is, you know, incredible. And she's uh, must be my lucky star because every time she's there, I get a, I get a good win, get a big win. <laughs> yeah, awesome stuff. And I know you said you're in training camp now. Do you have an opponent here for your next fight? What, what's the what's the next matchup for you? Um, so I have a date. I have uh, some seven weeks, September September twenty fifth. So it's uh, International Fight Week here, and um, or it'll be there in Las Vegas. No opponent yet. I'm still out there hunting, but I'm um, I'm I'm hopeful, and I'm I'm training hard, and and I'm hopeful that I'm going to get a matchup. But uh, yeah, seven weeks I'll be stepping back in, and I'm I'm just excited. Very cool. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Dan. I love to ask all the other dads that I get on the podcast here. What type of advice do you have for that new dad, or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Just roll with the punches. Roll with the punches, young man. <laughs> nah, we've got. I'm lucky. We've got a. We've got um. You know, a few new dads at, at my gym at City Kickboxing. You know, Kai Kara France, um, Brad Riddell, they're, they're both new fathers. Shane Young, he's a new father as well. So we've got uh, babies popping up all over the place. But, yeah, you just tell them, um, just stick with it, man. Roll roll with the punches and, and enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, a lot of kids popping out as a result of that quarantine stuff. So we've seen a lot of that going on. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I love the message. Uh, it's been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Dan Hooker, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. No trouble. Thank you very much for having me on. Cheers. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Dan Hooker for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, for all the upcoming guest announcements. If you enjoyed today's podcast, go check out some of those other UFC dads who have joined me right here on First Class Fatherhood, including the immortal Matt Brown, uh, Dana White, Tito Ortiz, so many other ones. Just go through the list. You'll see them all available for you to listen to at your convenience. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And always remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Your half-truths and